Welcome. I am Mike Gaston, and this is The Currency. I'm glad to have you guys along. Welcome. This is episode number 54. It is a beautiful, sunny, gorgeous Sunday afternoon here in the United States. I'm on the on the East Coast. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm watching some of you guys chat in the comments here. Ahmed the Pro says it's at 45 degrees Celsius in the United Arab Emirates. My goodness. It's going to get out to uh, about... Uh, I think 90 degrees Fahrenheit here in the U.S. We uh, we measure our temperature in screaming bald eagles. Uh, I don't know the Celsius equivalent. I guess I could do the math, but I think it's probably in the 30s here Celsius. Uh, so pleasant day. Guys, I'm glad to have you guys along. Today we're going to talk about the unbranding of the Washington Redskins should be an interesting conversation. Before we get into that, I want to just give a few shout outs here. I see some folks in the chat. I've got uh, Medusa's World of Stone. Welcome. Uh, Unity ESC, formerly known as Saba. Uh, welcome. Also, Pauline Weinberger in the house. And I see George in the comments. Welcome, George. And Ahmed the Pro mentioned you just a moment ago. Guys, glad to have you along. Great crowd to start out today. And um, really excited to have you guys here. Boy, it's just been kind of a crazy week. And I feel like I say that every time I launch the podcast, every time I launch into one of these live streams and record the podcast, I'm like, boy, it was a crazy week. But there's a lot of things going on. I was just looking in the news today before we get into our topic. And um, I, you know, I don't know if you guys saw, but a few weeks ago, or maybe even longer than that, Apple came out and said, yeah, we're going to start developing our own processors. You know, they, they used to use a Motorola processor back in the day, the early days. And uh, then they shifted over to Intel. And uh, now they're saying we're going to be ditching Intel processors at some point. We're going to be going with our own. They're going to build their own processors. And I saw that Intel just recently had this um, public announcement. I think they had a call with their CEO on the f on, with investors saying that Intel might stop manufacturing of its own processors. It might start to outsource its processor manufacturing. Now, the current CEO used to be the CFO, the chief financial officer, and he took over a while back. I don't know how long he's been at the helm. But that just sounds like a that sounds like a cost-cutting decision. I, you know, the one thing about Intel is that they differentiated because they both had the brand and they made their own chips. They weren't outsourcing and so they could control that. And I'm wondering if Intel just has not invested in its infrastructure and its ability. It struggled to get newer technology out on time. And I'm just wondering if they're uh, taking a hit. Like if Apple's going to pull its business, they're struggling. They haven't invested in their infrastructure. Uh, they're thinking maybe they're going to outsource. But it's just interesting to watch. You know, there's so much in the news that, that overshadows these amazing kind of dynamics and trends that are happening. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the latest riot. We talk about this stuff all the time. Or, you know, what, what has the orange man done or said lately? Or, you know, what's the latest on coronavirus? But there's so much going on in the world, and it's just fascinating to take a look at some of that stuff. But yeah, that news with uh, Intel, and their stock took a huge hit, huge hit. Now, some, there's some talks that they're going to go to this Taiwanese chip maker who kind of is the, is the mothership uh, chip maker for everybody else. And, um, but, but then, they're, so they're saying, well, they might just outsource because these guys, I forget the name of the company, but it's in Taiwan, and they're really kind of at the forefront. They make the AMD chips and all that jazz. Uh, but they're saying like, it might be hard for Intel to get this Taiwanese manufacturer to work with them because if they're supplying all of Intel's competitors and Intel says, well, we want you to, to make for us, I think those competitors say, wait a minute, we don't want Intel as part of this happy family here. They're the bad guy. That's why we come to you. So it'd be very interesting to see where this thing 
shakes out. But just some amazing things going on in the news. A quick hi to Jordy Fitzgerald. Jordy, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you're, Jordy says he's so jealous of my beard style. Uh, Jordy, I, I have to guess you probably have a full head of hair, so we'll just call it even. I, I don't know if you do or not, but uh, yeah, thanks. It's um, pretty easy to get the style. You just have to get old and gray and then just let this thing grow a little bit. <laughs> little bit. There's n Trust me, Jordy, there's no rush to have a gray beard. Uh, but uh, thank you. I'm glad you're here and I appreciate the compliment. Very kind of you. So uh, before we get too deep into this, for folks that are live, you know that this podcast happens live on YouTube once a week. If you're listening to this, maybe later on in the week, you're, watch, you're listening on uh, Apple, uh, iTunes, pod, Apple Podcasts, you're listening on Spotify, Please know you can join the gang. Just uh, go to YouTube, look for Mike Gaston, that's G-A-S-T-I-N. Subscribe to my channel and uh, you'll get notified when this thing's going to go live. You can jump in and have some fun. Typically what we do and one of the benefits to being live is we'll sit and do the podcast. We'll talk about the topic and then I'll end the podcast, but we'll sit and do Q&A. Last time we did two hours. We did 40 some odd, 50 minutes of the podcast and then we sat for over an hour and we just did Q&A. We had conversations. I got to tell you guys, it was so much fun for me. I, you know, I finished these live streams, finished this podcast, and I'm so energized. I'm exhausted at the same time. I mean, two hours. Uh, when I stood up, my legs hardly worked. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. They hardly worked, but um, a lot of fun. And I love the back and forth. I love the commentary, the questions, the conversations. Of course, I had to turn the air conditioner off, uh, you know, to, to fire this up so that the audio wasn't a mess. And you can imagine after two hours and then with a 90 plus degree day outside, I was, I was ready for an ice cold shower. But guys, thanks for joining me today. So let's talk a little bit about the Washington Redskins. Now, folks in the audience now, a lot of folks I know watch and listen to this show from all over the world, which are probably a... a, a you're probably aware, you know, of American football, not that American football. See, this is the one thing Americans don't know. I think we're starting to learn this. But when most of the world talks football, they're talking about soccer. And, and I, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this. But I actually think that soccer is way better. Uh, oh, Pauline's saying she's going to go enjoy the beach with her family, but just wanted to say hi. Hey, Pauline, thanks for joining us. You can always catch it after the fact, but it was good to see you here. Yes, the beach always trumps the podcast. I, I will not uh, take issue with that, so enjoy. But um, I will say that American football is not as good as, as football football, as soccer. I, I love watching soccer, and I kind of miss it. You know, I, I haven't watched soccer in a while. As a matter of fact, I used to have, uh, what is it, Sling TV, I want to say. Had a package so that I could watch Barcelona and La Liga. A lot of fun to watch those matches. And um, one of the things I like about, and this is for my American audience, one of the things I like about soccer is it's uninterrupted. You know, so with American football, almost everything, everything is a set play. You know, the clock, you set up in formation, uh, the clock ticks down, you snap the ball, and there's some type of play. You're either going to run the ball, kick the ball, pass the ball. And then, and then once you're tackled, the play's over. Once you're, once you're brought down or the ball goes out of bounds, that's it. That's it. And, and then you just keep doing these set plays, set plays, set plays. And what I, what I, and, and that's okay, but that, there's a certain cadence to the game. It's very, it's kind of, there's a lot of tension, a lot of stress, like through the match the whole time. And the other problem is between these set plays, you just get bombarded with advertisements. And, and if you're used to watching American football, you don't see it. Like if you grew up watching it, you don't typically notice it because you've been kind of um, acclimatized to it. 
but it, you know, between every play, there's some type of ad, there's graphics, there's noises. You know, this is brought to you by, and hey, our sponsors over here, and just a lot of commercialization of American football. Now, here's the thing: like soccer, um, uh, European, Brazilian, South American, you know, soccer all over the world, also very commercialized. I and mean, these are billion-dollar teams. So these big teams are massive. Uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool. These are big, big teams with big money. But uh, when you watch the match, the first, you know, it's two 45-minute halves, and they're uninterrupted. I mean, it's most of it is free-flowing. Now, if there's a foul or something, uh, you know, there's some, some foul committed, then there's a set play because there might be a, a free kick or something like that, a penalty kick, a throw-in. But the play just keeps happening. And if the guy gets tackled, like a slide tackle, you take him out, or the ball changes hands or, you know, whatever, it just keeps going. And I kind of love that. Now, here's the thing. People go, it's so boring and it takes so forever and they don't score that much. But this is the one thing I kind of like. It's kind of like a slow pot on the simmer. Like it starts out and each game can have, each match can have a different energy to it. Some of them are kind of boring and conservative and some are aggressive from the first whistle. But it kind of builds up so that when you do get a, a goal. It's like explosive. It's just like, you know, you're screaming. So anyway, that's me. I'm not trying to dog American football. I'm just saying stylistically and, and uh, entertainment value, I think that, that uh, European and uh, international football, I guess I should call it that, is, is really great. And, you know, rugby is another contender in there. Rugby doesn't have as many set plays. It's a lot uh, faster paced, a lot rougher, more physical, obviously, than, um, than soccer. But the, the play keeps going. There are some set plays, but not as much as American football. So anyway, that's a little side uh, message. And by the way, my little brother Brian is in the house. Commercials are just snack breaks, no doubt, B. Let's see, it's designed, it's designed for your maximum uh, submarine sandwich pleasure. Uh, but the Washington Redskins is a football team in the American uh, NFL, National Football League. They're based in Washington, D.C., uh, actually, I have to say, my little brother, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but I believed uh, that this, the Washington Redskins, is your favorite team. I remember you were a big fan of John Riggins, and the, and the Redskins, I think, won the Super Bowl at least once. Um, by the way, welcome to Oluwafemi. Oluwafemi Aki Naomi. I don't think I said that 100% right, but welcome. Glad to have you along. He says he missed... The past two chats, but I'm your, he said bug fan, but I think he meant big fan. Yes, he meant big fan. Uh, from Nigeria, my friend, welcome. It's so great to have you. You know, I used to live south of you, Oluwafame, Ah, Boy, if I could only speak. I used to live south of you. I used to live in Cape Town, South Africa. Lived in South Africa for a couple years and I visited there quite often. Never been to Nigeria, but I've met some pretty cool Nigerian people that live here. So welcome. Glad to have you along. Uh, so the Washington Redskins, so here's the thing. They've had some uh, pressure for years. For years, people have been saying, look, this name is racist. This name is uh, not kind. Um, uh, it was, it's not kind to American Indians. Uh, in, hold on one second here. I keep doing this. I got to see what Brian's saying. He said, when I did watch, I was definitely a Redskins fan. So you're saying you don't really watch football that much anymore, but when you did, you were a Redskins fan. And by the way, we Brian and I grew up in uh, Brian and I grew up in Buffalo Bills country in Rochester, New York. Uh, Oluwafemi says, "My English name is Joseph. You almost lost your tooth there." <laughs> Thank you so much. 
Thank you. I deserve that. I definitely deserve that. I did almost lose my tooth there. Yeah. Thank you, Joseph. <laughs> so the Redskins have been under pressure for a long time. For those that don't know, and I, I don't know anybody that doesn't know, but Redskin is kind of a slang. So if you grew up as a kid here in the U.S., you might watch cowboy and Indians movies, movies about cowboys taking over the Wild West. You know, America settled, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, you know, the, the, the Europeans, the Americans kind of went from the East Coast and worked their way westward. And there's all kinds of stories of wagon trains and, and uh, pioneers and settlements and kind of battles between the pioneers and the Indians. Also, a lot of stories of the Indians and the pioneers working together. Uh, Indian tribes with war with each other. There isn't just one Indian group in in the U.S. There are many, many different tribes. Uh, just the state that I'm in, New York, there were seven nations. The seven nations, the um, and then also you, like the Iroquois and these different uh, the the Mohicans, and then you had a warring group, the Algonquins, that would fight with these guys that came up from the Florida uh, south of the country. So you got all these different tribes in the U.S. and they were pretty nomadic. They had areas that they stayed in, but they would move around a lot depending on weather and game and seasons and so on and uh, food supplies. So, you know, in the Washington DC area, you've got this team that's named the Redskins and, and with cowboys and Indians and all that kind of stuff, we, you know, they, we, you'd refer to the Indians as the Redskins because, you know, they were the red men. So you had the white men, the black men, the brown men, the yellow men, the Asians, Orientals, uh, and then you had the red men, which were the Indians. Everybody had these different skin tones. I don't know if you know this, but people have different skin tones. Is this something you guys are aware of? <laughs> so the, this team, which is about 80 some odd years old, 85 years old, and maybe George can look this up because I don't know the history of where they got the name. Like, why did they choose the Redskins name? So that I can't answer. I should have known that coming in, but I couldn't find it. But the team's about 80 some, 88 or 85 years old. And they're called the Redskins. And on their helmet, and I had this logo up during the show open, is this kind of Indian brave. The, the male warriors were referred to as braves. An Indian brave, kind of a, a bust, a profile of this Indian brave with was hair braided and a couple feathers dangling down. And there's, so there's been this outrage for a bunch of years, or this at least drive by a bunch of people saying, you got to change your name. It's offensive. It's racist. It's inconsiderate. It's hurtful. And uh, the team's owner, Dan Snyder, the Snyder family, but Dan Snyder, uh, he said back in 2013, he said, we'll never change the name. So there's been all this pressure, and he's just come out and said, we'll never change the name. Well, folks, that has changed. That has changed. They are changing the name. And today I want to talk about what they've done. So what happened is they got some pressure. Uh, they have a bunch of companies like Nike and FedEx and Pepsi that, that advertise and, and, and sponsor teams like the Redskins. And if you look at the Redskins, their, their net worth, I want to say, is $3.4 billion. They, I don't know if they do about $3.4 in revenue or if their net worth is about $3.4 billion. But this is a massive company. If you think of the Redskins as a business, $3.4 billion in revenue. And that's just an outrageous number, outrageous number. It makes them number seven in the NFL for uh, the most valuable. So that might be their net worth, the $3.4 billion. But this Dan Snyder said, well, we'll never change the name. It's part of our history. Our, our fans are Redskins. Uh, the team were Redskins, you know. And, and we've got the Indian nations that love us. As a matter of fact, um, the logo uh, was designed partially by the chairman of the Blackfeet Nation. His name is Walter Blackie 
Wetzel, Blackie being his nickname. So Walter Wetzel goes by Blackie Wetzel. Uh, he was the chair of the Blackfeet Nation. He helped us design. He gave us input on this logo. Now, to me, that was probably a little bit of a, a little bit of a positioning thing. Like they were smart and said, "Look, we know we're going to get trouble. This is back when they were redoing their logo. Let's get the Indian Nation involved so that we can say, hey, the Indian Nation helped us." The same thing happened with the Lando Lakes, um, the Lando Lakes woman on, on the Lando Lakes, you know, butter packaging. It was also supposedly designed and painted, illustrated by a Native American, uh, but they've taken that off. So, uh, so let's see here. Yeah. So George is saying Forbes lists as the NFL's seventh most valuable franchise at 3.4 billion. So that's right. I had it. I had it right. Look at that. Yeah, I'm just wondering, George, where did the name the Redskins originate? So that's a little bit of background. That's a little bit of background. We're going to call it George Jamie. Last show, we called him Jamie uh, after Jamie on the, um, on the Joe Rogan podcast because <laughs> George was looking up everything, kind of like Rogan's uh, info man, Jamie, who kind of runs the back end of the show. George is doing a phenomenal job, and I was having trouble uh, collecting my thoughts for some reason. Seems to be a trend lately. Maybe that goes back to, uh, maybe that goes back to Jordy Fitzgerald's comment about the beard. I think maybe along with a good-looking gray beard comes uh, a struggling cognition. Let's hope that's not the case. I'm too young for that. So let's talk for a minute about. Uh, let's talk for a minute about uh, wrap up this kind of background. So that was the background, and I I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on. The background, I just want to cue it up. So what, what, what the team did is they made an announcement, I want to say uh, on, on July 3rd, the day before Independence Day, and said, hey, we don't have the name yet, but we're changing our name. And wait, it's going to be great. We're going to change the name. We're, we're listening to people. We understand. And uh, it's time for us to make a change. We're going to come out with a new brand. It's going to be amazing. They kind of pumped it up a little bit. They kind of said... It's going to be awesome. I don't know if you guys ever saw this episode of The Office, but there was one episode of The Office where Michael had promised The Office some special surprise. Oh, wait, it's going to be great. End of the day today, I'm going to have this great surprise. And the fact is, he didn't even have a surprise in, in mind. He was just kind of throwing something out there to cover his rear end on another issue. So he makes this promise. He's got everybody talking about it. And all throughout that episode, he's trying to come up with something. He's like, what's it going to be? But he keeps pumping it the whole time. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Kind of like Trump does. It's, it's going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. <laughs> so anyways, at the end of the show, he can't figure out what to do. And so he goes out and he gets ice cream sandwiches and he comes back with a box of ice cream sandwiches, a 50 cent a piece ice cream sandwiches, and then starts handing them around to all the office. And they're kind of like, you're kidding me. This is what you had us all excited about. This is this is ridiculous. Like they were so upset. And I kind of feel like that's what the Washington Redskins have done to themselves because they came out at uh, July 3rd, made this big announcement. We're going to rechange. We're going to rebrand. We're going to change the name. We're going to get rid of this kind of past and start something fresh and you're going to love it. It's going to be great. And what they came out with is the following. They're calling themselves the Washington football team. That's right. The Washington football team, the Washington football team, which is ridiculous. The Washington football team, like that's like saying, like if I, if you go, Hey Mike, what kind of car do you drive? And it's like, I drive the car with four wheels. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You too can have the car with four wheels. 
<laughs> Hurry down to your dealer and get your car with four wheels. It's the Washington football team. Now, here's what they're doing. They're doing this because they can't come up with a name. They've, I think they're stuck. They don't know what to do. And so they've come back and said, look, for now, we're just going to get rid of this racist name, this terribly offensive name. And we're going to call ourselves temporarily the Washington football team until we can come up with something better, until we can come up with something better, which to me is just ridiculous. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. So why am I stunned by this? Why do I think that this is ridiculous? Why do I think that this is unacceptable? Isn't it good enough that they're doing something? Isn't it good that they're finally breaking with the past? Isn't it good that they're addressing this racist issue that, that they've had all along? Isn't it good that they're finally taking into consideration where the world is today, where society is, and where uh, the, the sensibilities and, and the understanding and, and, the, and the values of today's culture are? Isn't it good enough that they're finally listening to the fans? Now, a lot of fans don't want them to change, but there are a bunch of fans that say, yeah, it's time to change. Here's the thing. I don't have an issue with them changing. As a matter of fact, I mean, Redskins is derogatory. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm not going to sit and defend it and go, you know, for me, this isn't like a left versus right issue. This isn't like a, well, if you're on the right, you can't give any ground, even if you're wrong. And if, you know, like, it, it's just not, um, it's just not, it's not a good name. I mean, it just is what it is. I don't care if it's got historical value. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, imbued with all this value. You've got brand equity. I don't care if it's going to cost you a lot of money to change it. The fact of the matter is the Washington Redskins is a little racist. Now, I, I'm not offended by it, but I'm not American Indian. I don't find it uh, uh, extremely onerous or odious. This isn't like you go, oh, I just hate, I'm embarrassed to even say it. I'm embarrassed to hear anybody talk about it. Those fans should be ashamed of themselves. No, no. But it is a derogatory name. Redskin's a derogatory name. Now, this uh, logo was supposedly helped, you know, designed by this, by this Blackie Wetzel. Uh, now, he's part of the Blackfeet Nation. I mean, if it was like the Washington Blackfeet, you know, you could still, you're still going to get people screaming, oh, that's appropriation, that's cultural appropriation. But if it was like recognizing the legitimate name of a nation, if, you know, and here's the thing about an Indian mascot. The Indians were viewed as strong and, and, and powerful and fearful. Uh, you know, not that, we, they, not that they were fearful, but we feared the Indians. They were scary. They were, you know, these marauders. They were savages. And I know savage, that's, that's, uh, that's not kind to call someone a savage. But if you're talking about a sport team, you're not going to say we're the Washington Tinkerbells. Oh, someone just gave me a down vote. Oh, give me a break. I don't know who just gave me a down vote, but give me a break. This is like hurts your feelings so bad. Boo-hoo. <laughs> but you're not going to go hit the pitch with, as the Washington Tinkerbells. You're not going to go hit the pitch as, as the Washington watercolorists. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to say we're the Washington Knitting Club. Like, it's just not scary. It's just not scary. So... You want to come out with a mascot that's intimidating, that's strong, that, that communicates some kind of uh, fierceness. And look, the Indians of lore, that's what they were. They were fierce. They were formidable opponents. They were skillful in combat and battle, hand-to-hand. -hand. They, were, they were brutal. If you lost to them, not only did they kill you, but they scalped you. You know what I mean? It's like they, they were 
terrifying in many ways. And so for a football team, any sporting team, to come out with a name that's terrifying, the Sharks, the Jaguars, I mean, that's, it makes so much sense. So I kind of see why you know, they chose a name like that. And so to say something like the, the Mohawks, the Mohicans, uh, you know, the Cherokees, you know, one of these names that's not derogatory, but Redskins a little derogatory. Okay, so you want to change it. Here's the issue that I have. The issue isn't that they want to change it. I'm not going to sit and argue and fight that they shouldn't change it. Who cares? Change your name. Companies do that all the time. It's a billion, billion dollar, multi-billion dollar business. But here's the thing. These guys knew for, for a decade, at least for a decade, that they were going to have to face this day. Now, forget this as, forget this as a sporting team. Think of this as a business. This is a $3.7 billion company. And the product that it sells is entertainment. It sells entertainment and it sells it on the big screen. I mean, football in America is larger than life. You can't watch television in the fall without seeing some American football. I mean, football fans, it's just a, it's just a crazy big sport in the U.S. It's huge. The NFL is massive. Some of the biggest stadiums in the world are football stadiums in America. So you knew this thing was coming. And you've got billions of dollars at your disposal. You can't tell me you didn't figure out one of two things. On one hand, if your owner's saying, we'll never change it, you didn't have a plan to resist the turning tide over time. You couldn't see that society was changing. You couldn't see that, that successive generations were becoming more and more sensitive to these kinds of things, more and more easily offended by them and so on. You couldn't see that and come up with a plan to say, how are we going to spin this? How are we going to keep this name? If, if we're saying we're not going to change it, how are we going to keep it in the face of all opposition? And on the other hand, if you're like, look, maybe we should think about changing it. You had, you had at least a decade. You had at least a decade, 10 years to figure out what to do. And you, and you squandered it. You didn't do it which to me is just stupid. You had all this time to come up with a strategy, all this time to figure out what to do. Now, maybe it's a matter of you just have this owner that's so belligerent that he's like, I'll never change it. And then the employees are like, we're not even allowed to consider changing it because if the boss hears that we're even coming up with a strategy, he'll just start firing people. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Dan Snyder's like. You know, these, these uh, team owners can, can be like little little... Uh, little Caesars, if you will, little Hitlers, little megalomaniacs running around. Uh, not all of them, but I mean, you know, you're running a $3.7 billion organization. I, th I think you're believing your own publicity. I think you don't have a problem kicking a little butt here and there when you, when you, when you feel you need to. I'm sure some of these people are great to work with and work for, but uh, I don't know what Dan Snyder's like. So it may just been the culture's like, look, you may not even consider touching this thing. But if it's me, I'm thinking, why would you not get ready a decade in advance and say, look, we can see the ch changing tide. You, 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 don't, you can't tell me they don't have some type of analyst on the team that's looking, some type of strategic planner on the team that's looking out and saying, what are the changing, even a marketing person, a marketing person on the team is going to tell you, hey, guys, I'm looking at trends. I've got access to all kinds of data. I'm looking at trends in society. And I don't think this name, Redskin, is going to be sustainable. I love the Redskin name. Like, I'm a team player, guys. I'm not hostile to it. But I'm just saying if we want to keep the revenue flowing, we're going to have to deal with this name at some point. You can't tell me that nobody had that conversation 
that nobody had the wherewithal to think about that. Nobody said, let's do a little bit of planning. There wasn't an envelope somewhere, a packet somewhere ready for this day that if things happened, they could throw the switch, or at least they had a narrative. They have nothing. They came out on July 3rd and said, we're going to change the name. Then they come out a couple days ago and they're like, we can't really come, they didn't, in so many words, we really can't come up with a name. So we're just going to call ourselves the Washington football team until we can figure it out. Like this just, it's just stunning to me that a $3.4 billion company can't come up with a brand change. It just blows my mind. It really does. I don't know if you can tell. But it blows my mind. And, and, and this is what's so outstanding to me. This, not that they changed it or that they didn't change it. Not that Redskin is offensive or isn't offensive. I don't care about all that stuff. I honestly don't. But from a strategic perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective, and from a branding perspective, you, why would you not figure that stuff out ahead of time? Why would you not deal with that? I just, it, it, I'm kind of left speechless. It doesn't make sense to me. I think this translates to our businesses. I think it translates to our companies, our, the things that we're working on. Not that we have to be politically correct. Not that we have to always be looking out to keep everybody happy. But that we should be thinking about, not so much just about our brands, but we should be thinking about the things that are out on the horizon and be preparing for them as best we can. There's things that you can't prepare for. And I'm not one that's like, look, strategic. I'm not huge on lots of strategic planning. I think coming up with a strategy is critical. But strategic planning, you know, taking this like really uh, broken down bit by bit control system and placing it on the company and then dictating and controlling as it goes along is not always good because the environment around you changes faster than the planning system can allow you to re respond to. But having a strategy, how are we going to go to market? What's going to be our, our strategy? How are we going to, what are we going to do? What are we choosing not to do? I think that's important to have. And I think for all of us, I mean, we have the ability to look out on the horizon. You had a friend who was a fighter pilot. Back when we lived in South Africa, he was a fighter pilot in the South African uh, Defense Force, in the Air Force. And I got to watch him uh, do some ex expositions. They were doing, it was the anniversary. They were going around the country doing different shows, uh, and they were amazing. We'd sit just behind chain link fence. This is the great thing about Africa. In America, you have these amazing displays like the Blue Angels that will thunder around and do aerial, like aerial um, acrobatics and that type of stuff. But when you go to a South African, back in the day, when you went to a South African air show, it was the Air Force, you sat behind a chain link fence, and they had stuff like old Jeeps and stuff out in, in, the, in, the, in the bush, just off in the distance, and they just fly over and blow stuff up. They'd fly over and fire their 50-millimeter cannons. They'd drop bombs. It was nuts. It was nuts. I was sitting there with my wife and two children. My daughter wasn't born at the time. The boys were just little, you know, trying to cover their ears. We didn't realize how loud it was going to be covering their ears and just watching these planes fly and just blow stuff up. But uh, the, the, the jet that, that my buddy flew was not as advanced as the United States uh, technology at the time. So he was not able to fly by wire. So he had to fly with a map in his lap. And at night, if they're doing bombing runs at night with a flashlight in his mouth, one hand on the joystick, looking at the map and looking at his terrain and figuring out where he was for a run. And he said to me, one of the things you learn very early as a pilot, you have to be this way, is you can't be thinking about where you are. You have to be thinking miles out because you're going so fast, you're going so fast that you have to be thinking way, f you have to be projecting forward because as soon as you think about 
you know, where you are, you're, you've already passed it. You have to be thinking so far ahead. And so for these pilots that weren't able to fly by wire like modern pilots can, uh, they were still in jets. I mean, these things were going fast, but they were having to not only coordinate thinking further out, but also looking at their maps. I mean, there's just so much. And at the same time, probably keeping an eye out for the enemy. So it's really arduous. But I think about a team like the Washington football team, currently, you know, formerly known as the Washington Redskins. You know, who's on that team thinking further out? Or have they just gotten so big, so fat, so happy, so lazy that they're just doing what they're forced to do only when they have to do it? It's like that lazy teenager. We've all either been one or we've had one or we know one. That freaking kid who, who, who won't even take out the damn garbage which until you force them to. And when they do, they do it kicking and screaming. And then when they take it out, they do a crappy job taking it out, hoping that you'll not ask them again. They want to make it so painful for you that you just leave them alone. And I kind of get the feeling like the Washington Redskins, this is like, they're unhappy about this. You know, Nike, FedEx, and Pepsi. What happened is Nike, FedEx, and Pepsi, and some companies like them, their investors went to Nike, FedEx, and Pepsi, the, the, those, the, the respective companies' investors, and said, we want you to stop advertising and sponsoring uh, the Washington Redskins until they change their name, put pressure on them. So the investors put pressure on the companies that they've invested in and said, we don't want to be involved with these guys anymore. It's wrong. It's morally offensive to us. Now, this had to be a coordinated effort. This just doesn't bubble up on its own. This is something where a bunch of activist investors are trying to get the company to you know, grab it by the nose and get it to do what they want. And it works. It works. Because I would, I would imagine the majority of investors at Pepsi, the majority of investors at Nike and FedEx, they don't care. They don't care about this stuff. It doesn't bother them. But a, a vocal minority got these companies to then turn around and put pressure on the Washington Redskins and said, if you don't do something, we've got to pull our cash. Now, when you're a $3.4 billion company, uh, you can imagine that if other multi-billion dollar companies are saying, well, we're done. We're done if you don't, um, if you don't play ball with us, no pun intended. Well, what's going to happen? Well, they're going to they're make a change. They don't want to lose that money. They're in it for the money. Dan Snyder's not in it for the football. Dan Snyder's not in it for the bragging rights. Danny Snyder's in it for the cash. That's what this is all about. And don't forget, I mean, and this is, this is where the rant begins, you know, we're living in a corporatist society. I don't know if you know what corporatism is. People hear corporatist and they go, yeah, it's a capitalist society. This free market is terrible. We should be communists, not corporatists. That misunderstands the, the, the word corporatist. Corporatism aligns more with socialism and fascism and totalitarianism than it does free markets. A corporatist society is one where the government and giant corporations are closely tied to one another. Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany and America back during that whole World War II and post-World War II era was very corporatist. So what would happen is the government would come out and say, we want to pass these edicts and laws. And these giant corporations say, Mr. Government, we'll do it. But in return, we want something from you. And so the government and, the, and these big corporations kind of get into this incestuous relationship. And it serves both of them. So what happens is these big corporations, they get all the government contracts. They get all the best tax breaks. They get all the pats on the back. They get all the funds. They get all the resources. 
And then the government is able to institute a lot of its policies by using these employers because these big corporations are the big employers. So if they want to put some type of new social program in place or some new tax thing in place, well, well Nike can absorb that. Nike's a multi-billion dollar international business. They can absorb that. They go, sure, yeah, we'll change. We'll put transgender bathrooms all throughout, no problem. And we'll put all of our employees through re-education processes and sensitivity training. We'll force them to do it. And if they don't do it, they'll lose their job. And the government says, perfect. That way we can get our policies uh, throughout um, in place and, and enforced. And it doesn't have to necessarily be the police knocking on your door. It's the HR manager that says, sorry, buddy, uh, you don't fit here anymore. We're going to take your income away from you because you don't play ball, because you're naughty, because you're trodulite, you know, whatever. You don't fit here anymore. And what ends up happening, though, is the smaller private businesses, the mom and pop businesses, the $10 million companies, the $50 million companies, the $200 million companies, these kind of midsize and small you know, $500,000 companies, they get crushed because they cannot afford to put these policies in place. And they don't get the tax breaks. They don't get the preferential treatment. They don't get the government contracts. They don't get the, the big, like, move your company to our town and we'll waive your taxes. Amazon gets that stuff, but you and I don't get that. But that's corporatism. Corporatism is when the government and large corporations are working cheek and jowl, hand and glove, when they are in bed together. Because what ends up happening is you see a society where the views and the desires of the state are enforced through big corporations. And big corporations turn around and get all the benefit and how does that money come into those corporations? Like when, when a company like Amazon goes into a city and gets a giant tax break, where's that money coming from? Well, the government doesn't make money. Yes, it prints bills and it, it mints coins, but the government doesn't create wealth. The government takes the wealth that you created through taxation and redistributes it. So, so, so check this out. The government taxes some poor slob working in a warehouse and then turns around and takes that poor slob's money and gives it to Jeff Bezos. This is the outrage. And I'm a free market guy. I'm a capitalist. I am not a socialist. I am not for re-engineering society. I'm not a progressive. I'm a conservative free market guy. But, but this is an outrage. This is, this is, and this is what's happening. And so you see the pressure coming in from Nike, FedEx, and Pepsi. Now, nobody in the government picked up the phone and said, hey, do this. This is a free market force right here, but they're putting pressure on the uh, they're putting pressure on on the Washington Redskins. I, I can't wait until the Buccaneer uh, the Buccaneer lobby gets online and takes the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers down. Because if I were a Buccaneer, I'd feel kind of offended that they're using my name. Is there a Buccaneer lobby? Is there like a whole Buccaneer subculture? <laughs> this is like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, these guys uh, easily offended because you're using the name Buccaneer. Yeah, so this is, this is what's going on. And what's just surprising to me is that the Tampa, uh, sorry, Tampa Bay, now I'm, I've been joking about Tampa Bay and I'm confused. The Washington Redskins did not see this coming. How could they not see this coming? I mean, their name was obviously an issue. They knew that their name was an issue. How could they have not seen this coming? And yet, on the other hand, they did nothing. And um, it's really... Really interesting. I love to be a fly in the wall and hear the discussions. So now what they're going to have to do, they've bought themselves time. They've got egg on their face because one, they've capitulated. Dan Snyder said, we'll never do it. So now they've got egg on their face because they're doing it. That's one. 
Two, they've got, they came out and said, we're going to, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. And they've come out with this ridiculous placeholder of a name. It's about as vanilla and generic as you can get. And good for them. They're admitting like, we can't come up with something. And then three, now, now I, I wonder like, what are they going to come up with? And, and, and God help them if they run some type of fan contest, you know, oh, we're going to do a fan contest. I think there is an opportunity for them. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for them to come out with something amazing that ties into their history. And there, there's got to be a way forward that gets them out of the hot water and at the same time doesn't just throw who they are in the dustbin of history. This is the problem, you know, and, I, and this is a consumer good. It's a sports team. It's a consumer good. We consume it. We enjoy it. We get some identity from it. We share some times with friends and family, so on. So I, there's more going on there than just... Uh, raw money, but but they do create a gr- great product for you and I, all these sports teams in, in any sporting field. But um, at the end of the day, it, it is a business and they've got to be thoughtful about how to move this thing forward. And I'm concerned about the erasure of history. Yeah, you can say, look, we used to be the Redskins. We realized taste sensibilities changed. Fine. The name was never meant to be derogatory. The name was always actually in recognition of how fierce and, and uh, impressive the Blackfeet Nation was, or whatever they want to say, you know, but, but we understand that the meaning of words change over time. And so we're going to keep our heritage, but we're going to modify our name to be a little bit more acceptable to today's ear. I, I'm fine with that. Honestly, in, in um, Tesla News says they don't need to change their names. I agree. They don't have to. But then I think they have to be willing to say, okay, if we don't change our name and we're going to do this on principle, are we willing to lose money? And I think that's what's going on here. You know, if Nike, FedEx and Pepsi and others did not apply pressure, they would not be doing this. I mean, this is pretty obvious. They're being forced to do this. And when I say forced, their bank account saying you have to do this, otherwise we're going to lose money. Now, they could take a stand. And I mean, that's a legitimate thing for a business to take a stand and say, no, on principle. It's not just that we're stubborn. It's not just that we want to be hateful. We're not racist. We don't have anything against. We love, we love uh, the Indians. We've got a lot of fans that are Indians that are proud of us because we're the Redskins. I mean, you, you, you could make that argument. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not friends with Indians. I can't sit and tell you I've talked to 30 different people and here's what I've heard. I don't know. But they could make that argument and they might be able to back it up. They might back those claims up. But if they're going to do that, then they need to do this on principle and they need to fight a fight. And this is the thing. They're not fighting a fight. They're just capitulating. So Dan Snyder for a decade told us, you know, oh, we'll never change, almost a decade, we'll never change the name. And now as soon as he's going to lose some serious money, oh, we're changing that name, baby. That name is gone. Goodbye. But if they're willing to take a hit and say, no, you know what? I don't care if we lose money. We can still run this organization with a smaller bottom line. We get smaller revenue, smaller net worth. We don't have to be seventh. Yes, it's going to be tougher, but we're going to figure out a way forward. And we're going to take a stand. And here's why. They have to have a narrative. They have to have a reason. And that's the issue I think that they're lacking. You can, these teams have brands and, the, and they're kind of relying on the historic loyalty of their fans. And so for a while, they, I think Dan Snyder and team said, well, we can just, we can just rely on this loyalty, but it, it's really just about the money. At the end of the day, it's about the money, and that's revealed right now. And so for me, if it really is about the money, 
Why did you not, over the last 10 years, have a plan to move forward? If you knew it was about the money, if deep down it was all about the money, and you knew that this, this brand and this name was going to be problematic for you in the near future, why didn't you develop a plan to move forward? Why didn't you do this on your own steam? And this is the big thing for me. You, you know, I think people especially, but even companies, you want to be able to live life on your own terms. And being, living life on your own terms doesn't mean you just resist everything. Sometimes living on your own terms is I see the future coming. I'm smart enough to see it. And I'm going to change some of my behaviors. I'm going to change some of my positions so that I can thrive and continue to be free going into the future. I don't mean that I'm going to capitulate. I'm, going to, I'm just going to please the crowd. But like, like if Dan Snyder is a Blackfoot Indian. And he's like, I'm proud to be a redskin. Then he could just say to the world, screw you guys. I'm not changing. I'm a redskin. But this is a huge corporation. It's a huge corporation and it's all about the money. And I don't blame them for that. There's nothing wrong with it being about the money. I don't think that that's necessarily bad because the free market does align interests. If, if, if he wants to make money, and the world around him is saying, well, we don't want you making money that way. We'd prefer you get rid of this name and use a different kind of name that doesn't offend everybody. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't have an issue. But then don't be caught flat-footed. Like, like, you know, I understand we have riots. We've got some race issues going on. But the whole Redskins discussion, that's been going on for 10 years plus. It's been going on for a long time. It's been way more than 10 years. But it's been kind of hot for 10 years. How could they not sit and say, we've got to figure out how to bridge this gap, how to ford this gulf so that we can get to the other side on our own terms, on our own schedule, and we can come up with a name that's great, and we can actually manage and control the way it's rolled out. Right now, they look stupid. They're sitting there, I can't even say the phrase, but they're sitting there with their hands in their pockets, looking like idiots, when they could have, they could have been heroes, and yes, they would have upset their fans. It would have not been good. But they had 10 years. They could have had a whole rollout plan. They could have had all kinds of support. They could have been strategic about it. They could have been really smart and, and phased this thing out and phased in a new name. It could have been a shift, a modify. They could have actually been a case study. The Washington Redskins could have been a case study on how to do it right. And they boned it. They freaking fumbled the ball. They had the perfect opportunity. That's one of the things when you're running a business, or just when you're a professional, when you're running a business and you're faced with a problem, this is your opportunity to shine. When you've got something that's bad or flawed or, or you, you, know, you missed the deadline or you screwed something up or there's a problem, when you fix that problem, it actually puts you in a stronger place than if you never had the problem. And they've totally fumbled. They had a great opportunity to demonstrate to the world what kind of organization they could, that they are. And they didn't deliver. They just sat and waited and waited and said, we'll never change and waited, waited until the mob won. Until the mob won. And now they're capitulating because they don't want to lose the money. And now they look stupid. There's, they look stupid. And so I think, you know, I, I think there's still time. I'm not saying like they can't come out now with a good name. They can come out with a great name and a lot of this will be forgotten. But I think this is a case study. This is a case study for how not to handle a business, how not to look at the future. It's not like they couldn't divine this. Yes, we didn't know that, that George Floyd was going to be murdered. We didn't know that cities were going to burn. We didn't know that statues were going to be toppled. We didn't know that, that, that a race war was brewing on the horizon. We didn't know that necessarily. 
which you could have seen all through President Obama's administration, the widening gulf between the races. You could have seen it. Like he took office and it just seemed like there was more unhappiness between the races and it just grew. He, he really, uh, I don't know if he tried to, but let's say, let's, let's pretend he tried to uh, unite the races. He really struggled to do that. If anything, he was more of a divider than a uniter. Now, we can get into why that is, et cetera. I don't really care about all that. But the point being, if you're at the headquarters of the Washington Redskins and you can't see where society's going, I mean, I'm sorry. There's certain things you just can't divine. But if you can't see this, then I'm sorry. Like, you just, you, you don't deserve your job. I know whose job it was, but you don't deserve your job. Someone needs to tell Dan Snyder the truth. Someone should have been telling him years ago, hey, Dan, why don't we get ahead of this thing? Why don't we at least explore? You don't have to, you don't have to approve it. You don't have to accept anything. Give me a small budget. Just give me a little budget to do some exploration, play with some ideas. Just do some creative stuff. Let me just play around a little bit. I'll keep it. It'll be black box, skunk works all the way. No one will know about it. And let's put a little plan together and, and we can just park it on the on the uh, back shelf for a while. And, and if we need it, we pull it off. And if we don't, hey, uh, say lovey. But that's not what they did. And so now they're sitting here kind of stuck with this uh, embarrassed look on their face because they are the Washington football team. Guys, that's it for the podcast today. If you haven't done so already, do me a favor and subscribe. Those of you on the live stream, please stick around because I'd love to have a little Q&A. We'll keep it going. But for the listeners on Spotify, on Apple, and on Google, and Stitcher, and so on, I'm grateful that you guys joined me today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. You can do that by going to anywhere that fine podcasts are provided, your favorite platform, and look for The Currency and uh, hit that subscribe button. I'd be grateful. If you want to get in touch with me, you can hit my website. It's MikeGaston, G-A-S-T-I-N.com. There's a contact form there. You can follow me on the social medias. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. You can hit me up on Instagram, even Twitter. I love to have conversations with my audience, Uh, but I'm grateful to have you along, and I hope that this uh, discussion was useful to you. So guys, I love you all, and I'll catch you in the next episode. (music) 